Hey, this is Scott Lowen of Candy Digital, the Web3 platform reimagining fandom. I'm here on the edge of NFT podcast. I'm a fan. You're a fan. Let's enjoy another great show today. Keep listening. Hi, NFT Curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode to learn how Candy Digital is leading the charge in sports and collectible NFTs to deepen fan connections and expand the rich legacy of collectibles. And why you should check out our socials to enter for a chance to win 1 million Eternity Stones, your ticket to the next amazing collector's experience. Today's guest's secret to cornering the childhood lemonade stand market through mergers and acquisitions. All this and more on today's episode. And before we move on, don't forget that our Outer Edge LA event recently returned to Los Angeles in March of 2023. Think you missed out? Well, you can now catch up on all the discussions, presentations, and more by heading over to watch.outeredge.live and registering with just your email address. Then you'll have access to over 60 captivating conversations and performances. Binge watchers are welcome. Netflix, look out. We'll see you inside. Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Scott M. Lawin, the driving force behind Candy Digital, a leading platform specializing in sports and entertainment digital collectibles. Scott, apart from leading Candy Digital as the CEO and COO, has an impressive track record. He founded Parametric LP, a firm dedicated to early stage investments in advisory and blockchain fintech, art and real estate. He has held significant roles in the industry including the Chief Operating Officer at Moore Capital Management, a $15 billion global alternative investment firm, and the same position at the Liquid Markets Business at Fortress Investment Group, following a fruitful 12-year stint at Goldman Sachs & Company. Candy Digital is reshaping the digital collectible landscape with unique NFTs that allow enthusiasts and collectors to buy, sell, and deepen their connection with sports culture and entertainment. Scott, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thank you so much. Great to be here. It's always a special moment to kind of hear what you've accomplished, you know. I'm sure when you get out of bed in the morning, you might not always be a little bit tired and be like, did I ever do anything? <laughs> Seems like there's a lot there. <laughs> so I know Josh had a question to launch things off. Josh, what was your first one? Just let me add, Scott, it's been a long time coming, having you on the show. Obviously, it's great to have you part of the original Genesis version of NFTLA and been admiring your work in a space for quite some time. And I think when it comes to digital collectible potential, nothing sort of hits home for me more than the world of sports and entertainment. And I'd love to sort of kind of go back to the beginning to start things off and, and talk about the genesis of Candy Digital and just like what makes it unique, what was sort of unique about your approach to digital collectibles going into this business? Yeah, so without going too far back, I'd say the story of Candy's origin kind of started in probably 2012 and 2013, which is when I started paying attention, doing research, trying to get my head around what blockchain was, 
what it was going to become. I was still sort of deeply immersed in the financial services world. And so really trying to understand what was this thing, Bitcoin, was it going to be a new digital currency? Was it a store of value? Was it going to be a new transaction processing layer, a funding mechanism, a scam, all the above? And so that sort of started my path of understanding more about the technology, thinking about its impact and and ultimately where it was going. Fast forward to 2020, kind of along that journey, I became more active as an investor. My business partner, Mike Novogratz, had started Galaxy Digital, really building kind of the leading merchant bank in the blockchain and crypto space. And sort of mid-pandemic, we were sitting down and really kind of marking to market where was crypto from an adoption perspective with institutions. We knew that big pools of capital were starting to invest in Bitcoin and Ethereum. A lot of major global players were starting to build the infrastructure. There was kind of a regulatory framework discussions that were starting to be afoot. And we said, how does this technology go from just being in a sort of investable asset into something that has broad appeal to a mass market audience and focused on content, right? And so understanding sort of the power of what it means to have an authenticated ownership of a digital asset, the power that creators can have then in the ongoing royalty stream, and ultimately the role that digital identity will play in the future. And so spent time thinking about art, thinking about music, thinking about sports, culture, et cetera, and really zeroed in on sports. My co-founder is is Mike's brother, Matt Novogratz. Matt had been at Galaxy, building out a sports business there. And we looked at the role that physical collectibles played in people's identity, in community, and as sort of a broader collectible market store of value and said, we see a future where physical, fractional physical, and ultimately digital collectibles, there's a natural progression there. And so if we can think about the sports industry with billions of global fans, super passionate communities, and a collectibles business that people are already engaged in and understand, we think that's a great path to kind of onboard the next 1 million, 10 million, 100 million people into the space. And so that was really kind of the genesis of how Candy got started. Was, was really looking at what we thought, frankly, was going to be a longer progression into kind of a digital-only world sitting in 2020 when, you know, I like to say, unless you were in the crypto space, very few people knew how to spell NFT. Wasn't something that had sort of captured the zeitgeist yet, right? For most folks, 2021 obviously changed that. And we really pivoted towards developing our digital first strategy. And then certainly with our first partner, Major League Baseball, that was really the fire that started Candy's growth. I'm also trying to spell zeitgeist. We'll see if I can get that. (laughs) Next question here. The Major League Baseball has been a big part of what's going on with what you're doing. How are NFTs in your mind transforming what's going on with baseball fans and their experience? So we've always approached the space, I think, from the perspective of we think NFTs aren't just the next gen version of the physical trading card. We certainly see it as an evolution, but we think of NFTs and the role that digital assets will play in any content relationship, but let's talk about baseball in particular, as something that can enhance and extend that experience of being a fan. And so we've developed at Candy a series of kind of core products with our partners at Major League Baseball. The first is very much a digital trading card. We call it our our icon card, which is trading card 3.0, a digital ticket, a commemorative asset that really starts to tie people's experience back to 
being at a live event, watching the game or watching it on TV, and then a video component that captures those very special moments, right? And then thinking about those not necessarily as distinct separate products, but really starting to think about how do these digital assets start to build that loyalty, engagement, and kind of fan value, both for themselves as a collector, for the community, and then ultimately for that relationship with people's favorite team or player. And so we're still at the early days of that, right? We started out with our digital icon collectibles. They have a lot of the same types of scarcity and rarity features that traditional physical trading cards do. They come in blind packs, but they are much more dynamic assets, right? They incorporate static imagery, video, audio, motion graphics, signatures, and they change over time, right? We use the power of smart contracts and the blockchain to pump real-time data into them. Every time those players play a game, those stats update over time. So they have their own characteristics as, as collectibles, they also become items that our collectors can use in challenges and to solve puzzles. And so there's an engagement component of being able to not just complete a set and unlock something that is unique, but also to use those in an online trivia game that changes over time, builds people's sort of loyalty scores and engagement scores. And ultimately, the things that we're working on with baseball and exploring now is taking those assets off your computer screen and out of your phone and digital wallet and giving them value or in the stadium. And so you can see a world as our fans and collectors and new people come into the space that not only have you collected a handful of your favorite digital icon players, but you've been to a number of games, you redeem digital tickets. And let's say you're a Mets fan. The Mets now know, right, that Josh is a huge Mets fan. And before he goes to the game, his NFT of Pete Alonso catches on fire and he has an opportunity to go early to batting practice and maybe meet Pete ahead of the game. Or Ethan, you're sitting out in right field and your favorite player hits a home run there and suddenly you're airdropped a video moment of that home run that commemorates your experience at the game. Those are the things that we're sort of working on building and where we really see the future of fan engagement going, where digital assets aren't just things in and of themselves, but they really relate to what that fan experience is. Yeah, that's fun. And it's just making me think of, we've got a really fun sponsor right now called Swoops. So we have a digital basketball team and we get digital basketball players. We get to play against other teams and you know the players are NFTs, right? But I can imagine the next level of what they're doing is why not have actual trading cards where there's multiple instances for those particular players? So we can own the player, but then other people could trade the card and kind of have fun with that experience. Maybe there's a partnership in order, I don't know. But yeah, there's just so much potential here. And I feel like it opens up the possibility of collectibles maybe to a new domain of fans, right? Some people might have been physical card, I don't get it. But then once you can engage and interact, they're having a lot more fun. Yeah, I was kind of browsing a little bit, Scott, the, the internet for stats and came up with this stat that it looks like definitely there's an increase in fandom from 35 to 44 than there is from 18 to 34. And I imagine that MLB looked at what you're doing as an opportunity to sort of tighten that relationship with younger fans that are really into gamification Along that lines, you guys crushed it with your token sales and pretty astonishing achievement there. To what extent was that tapping into the zeitgeist of the younger fan versus the more traditional fan? 
It's pretty interesting. I'd say most people would expect that our fan base skews younger, just given interest in blockchain and sort of digital anything. The reality is, is it's really pretty balanced. We have 18-year-old collectors and we have 65-year-old collectors. The core of our collector base is in that sort of like late 20s to mid 30s. But some of our largest collectors have been collecting for years and they've been collector. They're huge baseball fans. They've collected cardboard. They've collected memorabilia. And I think one of the comments that one of those collectors made to me that's always stuck with me is he was a specific collector of cigarette cards. So the Honus Wagners, if you're familiar, is sort of the very first baseball cards, which were giveaways and cigarette packets. And he said, if I had a time machine, I would snap my fingers and I would go back and I would buy every one of those that I possibly could. If I, you know, if I knew what I knew now about, you know, physical card collectors, collectibles. And he's like, that's why I'm in this space. He's like, I know that digital collectibles are going to become hugely important over time. And so I want to be in on the ground floor and I want to kind of help be part of that movement and build this next phase of what collectibles and fan engagement is about. I'd love that. And just getting into the details there, like how exactly did you pull off such a big sale? Like over 2 million token sales, is that correct? Yeah, we've sold about just over 1.9 million NFTs at this point. And that's not just with Major League Baseball, right? That's also with our other partners at NASCAR, at WWE, Netflix, Getty Images, college athletes. And so, you know, our approach to the space was that content, sports content, entertainment content, media content, all has a different approach, all have sort of passionate fan bases, but they aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. And so I can be a fan of Stranger Things and also be a huge Yankees fan, right? I can watch NASCAR races on the weekend and still collect photography. Creating ecosystems for our partners and creating the right product structures that resonate with their core communities is important, but also there's some really interesting synergies across those different partnerships as well. So when you add it all up, just about 2 million. Yeah, I should clarify, obviously, we're talking about non-fungible tokens. NFT is not your traditional like tokens that sometimes people associate. Very special type of token that we love dearly on this show. Absolutely. I love that story about the cigarette packs, by the way. And of course, when you say that, know what I know now versus know what I know then, it's kind of interesting to think you would throw away the actual product, <laughs> the actual cigarettes, but keep the collectible. It says a lot about collectibles and their value over time. Yeah, I think at the core of what how we think about our products and how we work with our partners is that as I said before, this is ultimately about digital identity, right? It's about the things that you own that tell your story, that connect you to stories, that connect you to communities that have shared values and shared interests. And that's, I think, what gets us really excited, not just about what we've done, but where the future is going and the role that NFTs are going to play in that. Sure. Any more words on how... NFTs are allowing people to strengthen the kind of connections and bonds they're looking for with players and the sports that they love. Yeah. So we try every day to kind of think about how we bring more of that value to our collectors. We've got two recent examples. We just had a group of collectors down in Atlanta to meet with the player, Mike Harris. Those collectors are not just fans of Mike and the team, but they've collected across all of the different products and teams. And so that was an IRL experience that they wouldn't have otherwise had if they were just going to baseball games or buying cardboard cards. Well, just last Friday, we had a meet and greet with Pete Alonso from the Mets. 
Pete was an early player who discovered candy and started buying our products and trading our products. And he's a candy ambassador. And again, same type of thing, kind of a small group of our fans and collectors who got to have that one-on-one experience with Pete. And so we want to do more of those things. Baseball has been a great partner. They're excited about the future of Web3 and the Players Association helps with that, our association with the Baseball Hall of Fame. And so we'd love to do those things every day. They're harder to organize than you think. And so we try to balance that out over the course of a season and really think about, okay, how can we cross that digital, physical, and digital experiential divide in a meaningful way? Yeah, no, that's great. While you're at it, Scott, I know you have a lot of free time. Can you do something about getting the Red Sox into a less competitive division? This AL East is killing me. (laughs) Like, what's going on here where, like, The records of our teams are all better than every other division practically. It doesn't make any sense. Like the Red Sox would be almost tied for first place if they were in the central. I know. I don't think I can help you on that one. I'll say we've got more Yankees fans at Candy than Red Sox fans, but we got a decent number of those as well. (laughs) We could just take the city of Boston and move it to the Midwest or something, maybe. (laughs) whatever we gotta do it's killing me it's really crushing my soul less lobster bisque more competitiveness there's still a lot of season left we'll see yeah true true anything can still happen it's been a wild few years in sports but i think you touched on sort of your deep relationship with mlb and there's another element of your sort of maturation in the space which was your partnership with fanatics and i know that relationship has evolved I'd love to sort of at least touch on the initial impetus for that partnership and how your perspective is rooted in a different hypothesis at this point than the Fanatics crew. Yeah, so Fanatics was one of our first partners when we got started. As I was saying, when we were thinking about this opportunity and deciding to focus on sports, and we said, hey, who do we want to build a business with in the sports space? Fanatics is at the top of the list. And so when Candy got started, it really got started with Galaxy and Fanatics being early investors. As we saw sort of a run-up in 2021, and then the market start to readjust in 2022, I think our view over time that the opportunity here certainly was in the early days about digital collectibles, but really about sort of Web3 fan engagement and all the things that we think Web3 digital ownership, decentralization can kind of bring to the table. In a down market, I think Fanatics' perspective was maybe rooted a little bit more in their physical first business and thinking about the physical collectible and how digital might pair with that. And so at the end of last year, while we realize we're in a challenging market and will likely be challenging for a while, we actually see a great opportunity for consolidation in the industry. And we want to be a catalyst for that. And so we just decided to kind of go our separate ways from that perspective. And so Fanatics continues to be an investor in the business, but less significant than they were before. Yeah, that makes sense. And I got to imagine in a down market, even the physical merchandise business is impacted, right? I don't know the numbers, but I think the macro environment is somewhat inescapable if you're selling products, whether they're physical products or digital products. Yeah. So I think doubling down on what you're good at and what you know makes sense. But obviously, we're bullish on the long-term potential of this industry and digital collectibles. I think what you guys have done with MLB is a really great case study. So appreciate you sharing that insight with us. For sure. And it's great to be able to hear some details there. I mean, I believe this was one of our hot topic stories at one point, talking about Candy Digital and Fanatics. And I'm walking through it. So it's great to have a firsthand perspective. So Web3 is really burgeoning here, though, even though we talked about down markets and withdrawals and things like that, 
There's a lot of sectors, especially you see very interesting players right now in a time where some people are withdrawing, still doing a lot. So where do you think this is all headed? What is the future role of, let's at least talk about the sports industry of Web3, NFTs, digital ownership, stuff like that? The macro picture, I think, is that our key thesis is that a digital asset is really going to be at the center of most brand and fan engagements in the future. Whether it's called an NFT, whether it's called digital collectible, whether it's called a reward point or a game piece or whatever it is, just the idea of ownership of that token or content and the idea that a content owner and a brand or a creator can start to have a much more dynamic one-to-one relationship with a customer and a fan. We really believe that's the big idea. And so starting in digital collectibles, because people have familiarity with collectibles, they, they can sort of make the leap from the physical to the digital. They understand the enhancements, the dynamism makes a lot of sense. But I think as we go forward, we're going to spend less time maybe talking about the specifics of NFTs and drops. And we're going to spend more time talking about these connected communities that are bound by ownership, right? Whether that ultimately means that DAO structures will start to play a more important role, whether it means that marketing activations and budgets drive more of these sort of fan engagements, I think those are all things we're figuring out as a business and as an industry. I think specifically in sports, what we'll see is that All of those different touch points that we talked about, whether it's buying a product, whether it's going to a game, whether it's watching something on TV, whether it's participating in a fan poll, all of those are opportunities, right, for a digital record of that engagement. And, you know, whether that's ownership of an NFT, whether it's a PO-app, whether it ends up, whether it means you're part of a smaller DAO or community that gets to have some voting on different decisions... That's, I think, where things are going to continue to go. The pace with which they go will have something to do with the commercial opportunity that is available in the market. And if we look back at what just happened over the last two years, there's so many great things that happened in terms of introducing NFTs and digital assets to folks who weren't educated or interested. But there was also a lot of bad stuff that happened, right? The market got ahead of itself prices pumped way too high. A lot of people sort of came in thinking that this was a new get-rich-quick scheme. And there was a lot of wreckage on the back end of that. Big properties, entertainment properties and sports properties are ultimately brands, right? They want the right brand experience for their customers. They want to build, they want to continue to build that loyalty and that trust. And so it's going to take a little bit of time for us as an industry to kind of come together to continue to sort of build that trust, that infrastructure for the next round of fans and customers to kind of come in at scale. I love that. You pushed out a lot of potential opportunities for other brands outside of MLB. So it sort of begs the question, what does your roadmap look like going forward? And are there any sort of partnerships, collaborations, new features that you're sort of excited about and can speak to at this point? The interesting thing is, despite the market being very different than it was a year ago, we actually have more incoming interest in partnerships and opportunities than we did even a year ago. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think one, um, you had lots of capital and lots of companies sort of created from thin air. And on the back end of a more challenging market, a lot of those players will pivot their direction or shift their focus or may not be around. And so I think there's a smaller number of kind of credible long-term partners. And 
content owners and brands want to do business with. We're very selective about who we bring on as a partner and how we think about it. One, because since we know this is a business that actually takes a lot to do well and to do well at scale, we want to make sure that we aren't distracted from our existing partners where we think there's lots of opportunity to continue to bring new people into the space and deliver value to our customers and our partners. And two, we want to make sure that it's something that we think is scalable and repeatable. And so we never ended up doing any of the kind of one and done releases because we wanted to make sure that there was a story there for our customers and for our community that was bigger than just kind of a one-off drop and then sort of moving on to the next thing. So I would say that's a long way of saying absolutely expect to, to bring some new partners on, certainly in the short term in the entertainment space. And then we're having some conversations with some other partners in the sports space that could be very significant long-term relationships. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. Awesome stuff. All right. Let us wrap that segment up. Very informative. Lots of great stuff. Lots of history and details and foreshadowing to interesting new developments. But let's get on to quick hitters. And this is a quick and fun way to get to know you a little bit better. 10 questions. We're looking for just a short single or few word response, but feel free to expand. If you get the urge, are you ready, Scott? Let's do it. He's ready. All right. First question. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Ooh, record album by Queen. Ooh, classic. Do you have a favorite Queen track? You know, it's hard to argue with Bohemian Rhapsody. Is it appropriate to say fat bottom girls, right? <laughs> that one comes to mind, but I think it's Bohemian Rhapsody just because it's played a significant role in so many different points of my life. Yeah. I remember first hearing that song and trying to play it on the piano and singing along. What a classic, man. I got that from my brothers, those sort of classic rock developments, and they passed it along to me. But just that concept of rock crossing over into opera, you know, just amazing, completely well done. So creative, so imaginative. It was a radical song at the time for sure. Yeah. Okay. Question number two, what's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? I started selling lemonade when I was, I think in third grade, I cornered the market in my neighborhood. That was my beginning of uh, my entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> 
cornered the market. Really? Is there details on that? That sounds interesting. I mean, I feel like he had a prime location on the street. He bought up all the lemons from the store. He was at that crossing walk where everyone had to go through. (laughs) What I did was I was selling lemonade and there were other kids selling lemonade. And one of the other kids actually had a better location. And so I went over there and I said, we should just sell lemonade together. And then we recruited other kids selling lemonade. We consolidated into one place. We figured we'd make more money together than separately. Plus, they, that kid had, actually had better lemonade than I made. So, Oh, man. I love that. Early M&A roots. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. So next question. What is the most recent thing you purchased? I just want to say, was there any price fixing then involved? I mean, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, no price fixing. We haggled hard for tips, though. Most recent thing I purchased was a series of prints from the Borlek brothers from the wrong shop over in the UK. Aside from NFTs, I'm a big art collector. And so that's what I literally 24 hours ago. Nice. Yeah, I think art just continues to go up in value historically. It's it's one of the strongest appreciating assets we have right now. So not only a pet. I think of more just like I'm an addict for sort of things that are visually dynamic and my kind of built environment. So I love to rotate my art when I can. I'm going to have to check out these guys. I wasn't familiar. So it sounds like something I'll look into. What is the most recent thing you sold? I don't know. If you ask my wife, she says, I never get rid of anything. I just accumulate more things. (laughs) I think the last thing I probably sold was a car, but that was like pre-pandemic. So a while ago. My girlfriend has the same critique, but it looks like you're pretty minimalistic from your office background there. So maybe she's being a little hard on you. Yeah, that was my follow-up question. Is it well-organized at least, you know, the stuff? Yeah, exactly. Listen, part of working at Candy is you have to be a collector at heart. And so that's everything from trading cards to comic books, to art figures, to whatever. We all have that kind of in our DNA. All right, question number five. What's your most prized possession of all those things you got floating around? Most prized possession is a sculpture by the artist Cause. If you're familiar with him, he's a street artist who has kind of become in many ways sort of an Andy Warhol-esque figure of creating multiples and taking his visual art and turning it into physical art. He's done kind of first NFT project not too long ago, but I've got a great wooden sculpture, which is one of a very small number. And so that's my probably my most prized piece in my collection. Yeah. Awesome. Very appropriate. All right. Next question is, if you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical service or experience that is currently for sale, what would that be? This is personally, or this is from a business perspective? I think you could choose how to answer it however you like. You could do both if you want. Do we have time for that? Right now, I think I would probably want the private keys to a very significant digital wallet, but I don't know if those are are necessarily for sale. That's an interesting thing, right? Instead of just actually having a token or a bunch of tokens or whatever, a wallet, right? And then you get to kind of like look and see, oh, what are the cool things I got in there? (laughs) You know, obviously following various wallets and seeing how those collections change and, you know, kind of who the tastemakers in the space are and where trends are going, I think is part of the beauty of blockchain. But being an owner of those assets is also significant. For sure. And Scott, if you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? Curiosity. 
it's what I tell my kids all the time. The world is a fascinating place that is constantly changing. And regardless of what you want to do, just keep asking questions, learn more, get interested in the things that you're not doing, understand why other people are interested in them. I think that just makes not just as a path for success, but it makes for a much more rich and interesting life. Yeah, certainly in dynamic times like today with AI and and everything shifting the world, if you stay curious, there's always going to be an interesting path forward for yourself, right? Yeah. I heard an interesting interview with Elon Musk, and he was saying, it's not what are the answers, it's what are the questions, right? What are the right questions? Absolutely. So on the flip side, Scott, if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would it be? I would say procrastination. I've done okay so far fighting the urge to procrastinate, but I like to do a lot of things at once. And I find that getting them all done sometimes takes a lot longer than it should. Does that mean that you, like me, have a lot of tabs open in your browser at all times? Oh, yeah. 100%. All right. So it's not a isolated problem. It's something that other entrepreneurs experience as well. Got it. Well, listen, I blame it on my curiosity, right? I say there's lots of things I'm interested in, but then I'll get to them later. So (laughs) It's probably a common set of traits in the Web3 community. I think all of us are pretty curious folks. We get excited by all the innovation happening around us. We want to take part in all of it. But alas, there's only so many hours of the day. And at some point, everyone does have to sleep. Yes. Although one of our previous guests did want to purchase the ability not to sleep or something like that. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that was a choice. I thought you said it was available for sale. I don't know if it is available for sale, but they asked for it. All right. So last two questions are kind of simple ones. And then there might be a bonus or two. Question number nine, what did you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was in the middle of negotiating a fairly significant strategic deal. All right. Making deals. Question number 10, what are you going to do next after the podcast? I'm about to jump into my executive committee meeting. So not to say that I'm back at, you know, I guess you guys sandwiched between two serious business meetings, but that just turns out how it happened to, to work out. Well, hopefully this is letting loose a little bit of stress here. All right. I've got two bonus questions. We'll just hit them quickly. I think that'd be fun. The first bonus question, have you gotten any insane perks from working with all these iconic brands and personalities? Is there some special moment or does it just board meetings and negotiations and other people get to hang out with sports celebrities? there's lots of great perks of working with sports and entertainment companies, right? If you're a fan, go to the World Series or the Super Bowl or the All-Star Game, meeting some of the actors or the curators of Netflix show or Getty Image Collection. Those things are all fantastic, right? We try to spread the wealth within the company as well. And so we've got people who are kind of front and center in those relationships, but those are great parts of being in the business. All right. Last bonus question. I think this will be funny. What's your go-to procrastination activity? (laughs) Wordle. Wordle. Okay. Wordle and crosswords. Yeah, exactly. Wordle's a good one because it usually doesn't take that long, even if you lose. It's pretty quick, but you can go deep in crosswords. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, L.A., Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, 
but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Okay, it is time for our new and very special segment sponsored by Swoops. Swoops is bringing basketball to the blockchain, uh, allowing us to draft, train and strategize our way to running the court and winning real money competitions. Of course, in a previous episode, we let you know that we've got our own Swoops team. We got to give a sneak peek at the name and we asked you for your input on naming one of our players. Uh, we'll continue to put the votes out there on socials and get your feedback. But today we're going to dive into revealing the team branding as well as a bit of our newly formed roster. And uh, and I think the first thing we'd love to do is talk about our team name, uh, which we hinted at in a previous episode, but take a little time to talk about the thought process, why we chose it. Um, Josh, can you pull up uh, one of those tabs uh, that features our name and branding? Awesome. So yeah, we chose Outer Edge Travelers as our name. Um, of course, like we, we did think of some other names that were probably terrible um, and funny uh, <laughs> that, that that maybe had to do with, uh, you know, I think we were really reaching towards we had to decide whether we wanted to hit that outer edge event as part of our branding, or we wanted to just go to edge of NFT. And clearly we had so much fun with, with outer edge and, and it speaks to so much that we, uh, that we stand for that we thought we'd give a little nod to the outer edge branding. And then also, um, you know, have not just the outer edge team, right. But to add something to it that spoke to our values and things like that. So, yeah, uh, look, we've all done a lot of global traveling. I think, you know, at this point, outer, uh, edge of is, is a global media company. We've been to events all over the world and it just, it felt, uh, it felt, it felt good. It felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Can you think of any of the alternative names that we had there, Josh? I mean, maybe. I mean, I'd like out. to, I, I I would like not to think of them because they were, they were particularly not so good. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was not an easy decision to no. come to this, but, but it was one of those things similar to like how we named the podcast where when, 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 when the right name came out, everything else just disappeared. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring up some of our competition in terms of names. I think we killed it there. I mean, I have to say, you know, if the competition here is around creative naming, I think we've already won. Um, you know, we, we've got like the blockchain burners, the Boston blockchains. I do like the word Boston, the the Denver cyber bombs, Unchained Web, Legends, Killer Bites, uh, Mechanical Bulls. 
Yeah, I got to say, I think we got the best name. I mean, now the, the only drawback there is the traveling, the travel, the word traveling. Clearly, that's like an illegal move in basketball. <laughs> well, so, I mean, look, like, here's the deal, right? Like it's Web3. I think we we break the rules a little bit here and there. So, um, you know, if the ref doesn't call the travel, it's not a travel. Oh, OK. Yeah, I hear you. That makes sense. Um, all right. Well, moving on to some of the other aspects here. Uh, let's talk about uh, the the logo there. Uh, I don't know if you can do a little zoom in on the logo, but uh, I think what we decided to do um, is take our Edge of NFT logo, which which actually kind of happens to be part of our our overall company Edge of Company logo, um, which we've had a lot of fun with. It's it does have a kind of a sporty theme to it. It's reminiscent of like the Adidas kind of or Nike, very simple, very energetic kind of three. What do we call them? We don't call them swoops, do we? What do we call those things? Those three, whatever they are, those three bars. Three, three <laughs> yeah, swashes, you know? Yeah. So we were just going to go with that straight up, but I got a little creative. I got in there into into uh, into some design software and I thought, let's get a little basketball imagery there. And and at first it was just a kind of a basketball on that. That had its own appeal, but hey, why not throw in some stars, right? Um, we are the at the outer edge. We are traveling to the far reaches of the galaxy with everything we do, and it is cyber uh, basketball players. So I think it all came together in in a very uh, a very special uh, look at the branding, right? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, people are probably looking at our record as well. And uh, you'll be glad to know that we started off 0 for seven. So we've won our last nine games. Um, I'm sorry, we start, we've won seven of our last nine games. So we are improving uh, by the day. So, um, you know, check back later on that record. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, so after getting our logo and our name together and making sure they align with our values, again, I think we're totally killing it on all those domains. Uh, we needed to name our first player and we actually are not fully named yet on that first player. We do have three options out there um, in the social sphere for people to choose from. Um, and so we want you to keep an eye out on the socials, um, keep an eye out for, for videos and content on our socials around everything we're doing with this Swoops team and um, and make sure you get your vote in for the name. So uh, Josh, you know, you're a little bit more of a basketball fan for me. Why don't you explain the player that we wanted to name first and why and uh, and let's uh, take a look at what the three names are. Uh, Sean from production. I don't know if you could put those names in the chat so we can we can recall them. Or, or Josh, I don't remember if you have them on hand. But uh, but yeah, yeah tell yeah. us about the plant, the name. Well, uh, he's a guard, and you know he's pretty well rounded. He's been getting a twenty three point seven points per game at, with a solid forty four point five percent field goal percentage. That is legit. And he's crushing threes too, 40%, like uh, my Celtics, you know, um, he's clearly a well-rounded dude, um, also does well at the free throw line at 77.8%. Let's see if we can improve that over time. So yeah, we got a well-rounded guy um, and definitely the the all-star leader of our team at this moment. He's also not bad at passing the ball around. He's got four and a half assists per game. Beautiful. Well, we'll be looking out for more ways um, to get get you out there in the audience involved. Uh, make sure you put your vote in for the names we got on hand. Oh yeah, do we have those names? I'm actually I got a stall out on my uh, on my computer here, so I can't see them right now. I remember we had was it Tron Stockton, right? Yep, uh, Tron Tron Stockton. We also have Solidity Curry, which is uh, you know 
uh, I think we all know where that's leading. And then <laughs> there's one more uh, gentleman that uh, Plas uh, Gary Plasma, I believe, is the third name. And yep. uh, we will uh, have all these guys up for a vote uh, among the community very soon. Beautiful. All right. Well, uh, before we roll off, I want to like make sure we give a recap and let people know how to get involved here. Uh, we want to see you playing with us and rooting for us and maybe even competing with us. That's fine. But truly, we will be the winners. Um, so get, let's get a little bit of that info about how to get involved. Here's the deets for how you at home can get involved. Number one, sign up for the SSN1 presale. If you want to take on our squad, but you don't currently own a Swoopster, your chance to build the team is coming up. Swoops is introducing a brand new batch of players for owners only with the pre-sale event happening very soon. If you're not an owner, to improve your chances of getting your hands on some of those never-before-seen players, go to playswoops.com, click pre-sale, and fill in the form to sign up for Swoops' SSN1 pre-sale event. Swoops sold out their SSN0 mint in 35 minutes. So get your name on that pre-sale list. Secondarily, for those who do sign up for the pre-sale, you'll have a chance at landing two limited edition five-star swoopsters, each of which will be randomly hidden within the first two days of the SSN1 Mint. Those swoopsters will be named Vector Wembotiama and Swoop Renderson. These two new swoopsters are based on the two most sought-after prospects in this year's NBA draft. Even the physical builds of each player will mimic these key draft picks. So keep glued to our socials and YouTube. You can see our team logo, players, and more. We are building this team towards a Swooper Bowl challenge. And if the Travelers are going to make the Swooper Bowl, we are going to have to win pretty consistently. Thanks for playing along, guys. We hope to see you there. Let's get on to the next segment. Okay, let's head on over to Hot Topics. This one's a fun one. Today's sponsor spotlight Hot Topic features Adrian Bashik of Eternity. He is the CCO and founding partner of Eternity Chain, a leading NFT platform and founding producer of Crypto Banter. Adrian's versatile career in tech and media has led him to the forefront of the NFT space. Adrian, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thank you. Great to be here. Follow the podcast forever. Known Josh for a long time and you guys do a great job. So happy to be here. Thanks. And yeah, it's been great to sort of follow you along on your journey too, man. And I have to say like there hasn't been an event I've hit around the globe where I've not seen your smile. Very true. It's just part of doing business here. It's a global community and we like to stay at the forefront of everything that's going on. And key to that is IRL connections. So we make it a point to be present to most things happening in the industry. Yep. There's no better way to catalyze serendipity than sort of being there in the moment with the right folks, right? And you miss 100% of the swings you don't take. So you got to be there. Absolutely. Speaking of alpha, we've got some alpha on this particular episode with what you guys have coming up with the upcoming Stone Store launch. And it's going to have a pretty special impact on the community shopping experience. Could you tell us some more about it? At Eternity, we're here for the long term. So there were a lot of kind of late stage projects and 10K avatar PFP things that kind of just jumped in with no roadmap. But we look at ourselves as a huge ecosystem. So we don't just have one single product offering, but we've cultivated community through a number of ways 
including DeFi aspects and stone farming, for example. So at Eternity.io, you can go and make an account super easy, connect your wallet, because that's our Web3 wing, so to speak. And users have been farming stones for a long time. So that's our insight currency, so to speak. And you can trade those, you can farm them and you can trade them and buy NFTs, physical goods and experiences. We've always tied physical goods and experiences to all of our collections and our drops. So upcoming, we now have the extension of that and it's going to be a 24-7, 365 operation. So it's not just drop specific and Oh, on this date and time at 12 noon, you can go and redeem stones to get highly exclusive NFTs or experiences, but rather it's going to be a marketplace that's always on. So we're calling it the farmer's market. And here on Edge of NFT, we have an exclusive giveaway and we're announcing that one lucky winner that will be randomized using Chainlink probably will be able to sign up and get 1 million stones. And we are launching this month, mid-June, so you can automatically get 1 million stones for trade-in for a bunch of different things that you'll see upcoming. That's super generous. Thanks so much. And we usually like to share that at the end of the segment, but we're so excited you jumped the gun and we're, we're like, we let it out of the bag. <laughs> I'm just feeling like 1 million digital stones is a whole lot better than 1 million stones. We're talking about Flutter previously on the episode and it just feels like, yeah, this is much appreciated that we're not talking about the physical thing. Thanks for that. There we go. Yeah, yeah. No stones in the bag. Also enjoy the farmer's market concept. That's uh, I always go for a good farmer's market. Tell us about the progress on Exorian's universe, particularly you got the comic series launch and you're getting engaged with Comic-Con. We'd love to hear how that's coming along. Yeah. So again, one of our verticals, Eternal Labs is our you know parent studio, so to speak. And then Eternity.io, our Web3 marketplace, that's one vertical. Exorian's universe is our specific IP that we are launching. It's a huge undertaking. This is going to be a massive effort and we're kickstarting it with a comic release. So we're releasing it first as a comic series with huge names attached. Scott Snyder, Frank Terry, Ryan Smallman, and others who are huge in the comic business and in the comic world. And this is a precursor to all things NFTs because so many artists really evolved out of the comic space. And these are OGs and big names that have come together written an entire series, and we're getting ready to start first the comic series release, which will be on Eternity.io. And that's launching at Comic-Con the last week in July in San Diego. From there, it's going to evolve into a multimedia universe. So we're going to have our Exorians game that's already been being built out in partnership with Thomas Vu from Riot Games. Game development is underway. We've got our betas. We premiered it actually at NFTLA with Josh and team. So that's percolating and building. So this is just the first big step for public consumption where you're going to get covers. We've got our Ashcan version. We're going to have artists signing at Comic-Con. So people are going to get the physical copies in hand sign originals, as well as all the digital versions that we'll be releasing monthly moving forward through 2023 and 2024. Exciting stuff. And I remember that moment on stage when Nick sort of showed the preview and he's a little bit nervous because he's such a perfectionist and everything. But there are definitely some oohs and ahs in the audience. Pretty impressive gameplay. Could you elaborate a little bit more on the gameplay and character development side of it for those that weren't able to sort of be there in person for the preview and sort of where you're going with the game itself? 
Yeah, yeah. And we will also be posting a special preview with you guys that can be here in the podcast. So you'll be able to share that with the community. This is the big stuff. This is not a fly-by-night. I use sometimes the term a 10K PFP project that was just spun up between a couple of people. This is a massive Web3 game being built. You'll be able to use in-game assets. And again, it's taking the storyline and the characters of Exorian's universe by, with leading comic artists and publishers that we've teamed up with and then taking that into a Web3 game. So you're going to have an affinity and an already known connection to these characters and their storylines and being able to play it in-game experience and then using NFTs as in-game assets. It's really the extension of, I think, what the entire Web3 industry is moving towards and building in these last couple of years. There's been so many experiments and iterations and things that have succeeded incredibly well and other things that have failed. And I think this is that long-term drive towards progress to what this industry can really, really become. I love it. Is there a particular character that you can personally relate to more than the others, just based on like wild hairstyle or maybe they always carry a pack with them or something? You know, Kai's our lead character. People will be drawn to him instantly. People will see this cast of characters, something like the Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's some comic relief. There's some apocalyptic sort of times and crises and challenges these characters are facing. And people will be able to identify that and then go play that and op- and participate in these missions in ways that other games just can't. Very cool. Checked out that preview and it looks like a really fun universe going on there. We would love to talk about this forever, but we're sort of in a limited time slot here. But would love to know before we jump here, where listeners can learn more about your work at Eternity. Yeah, always check out our site, Eternity.io. Find us on Twitter at Eternity Chain. Huge following there as well as Instagram at Eternity Chain. And we do have our app coming out. So that'll be in the fall. And this is will be a huge seminal moment for us as well. That's the third sort of product offering that we're rolling out under Eternal Labs. And that'll be this fall. It'll be available on at the App Store and Google Play. A lot of exciting stuff and announcements to come there. A lot of crossover and a lot of new licenses and IPs that we'll be launching with as well. Exciting stuff, man. Definitely brought the heat to this hot topic segment. Try to, always. Yeah. And thanks so much for the giveaway too. I'll be looking out for that on the socials. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Catch you later. All right. And I feel like right now we're about to wrap up, but before we do, let's make sure we do a little bit of a shout out. I understand you had maybe someone you'd like to shout out before we wrap. Yeah. So I'll give a shout out to the team at uh, Palm Empty Studios. I mentioned this is an interesting time in the business and we're spending a lot of time talking to other folks that we respect. I think they kind of have the right program and the right approach to the space and have a lot of respect for that team. So give them a big shout out. Very nice. Perfect. Yeah, we had them on the podcast. All right. Finally, we're going to start wrapping up. And of course, the quintessential penultimate question is where can listeners go to find out more about you and what you're up to? So go to www.candy.com to see everything that Candy has to offer from all of our various partners, our collections, our challenges, our engagement, and then follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Indeed. Great. And I guess, Ethan, we do have a giveaway from Candy Digital that we'll be putting out on socials. Scott, do you have any more insights on the details there that you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So we are giving away packs of our This Month in Baseball product. 
These are blind pack collectibles of some of the most important and exciting moments in the history of baseball. So as I mentioned before, we're partners with Major League Baseball, but we're also partners with the Baseball Hall of Fame. And really exciting for collectors today who are excited about the future and the current state, but look back to the past and you know have an opportunity to participate and own some of those special moments too. Well, thanks for that generosity. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate it. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Okay. We've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on the Starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now. Rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.